During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Cooking with Greggy is wrapping up this week on Kind of Funny, and it's been a pleasure to serve you delicious noms. Now, if the show gave you a slight interest in cooking, why not check out our sponsor, Blue Apron? You use Blue Apron Cider app to choose a menu you love, they send you prepackaged ingredients, and you cook a meal that's Instagram-worthy following simple instructions. Seriously, I love Blue Apron because it teaches me to cook stuff I'd never try on my own. Pork buns, soy marinated chicken tenders, and more are all on my Instagram. Well, not the pork buns. I didn't like the photo, but I digress. Listen, it's something you try something new, you enjoy it, you expand your knowledge of this hobby. They all come with step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe cards and pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first order with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash gamescast. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Blueapron.com slash gamescast. Let's go see what gamescast is this week. Just kidding. It's me and my friend. No Tim. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Games cast, episode 143. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside one of the coolest dudes at Xbox, Albert Pinella. One of the... Yeah. Well, see, no. So there's a whole thing. Who's cooler? Well, see, I don't... Major Nelson? Jeff Rubenstein? Jeff's yeah, Jeff, yeah, zombie yeah, Jeff Rubenstein! <laughs> so, no. See, I was doing a play on words, okay. because usually Tim Gettys hosts this show, okay. but Tim, he's fallen sick with LaCroix flu. He's sick at home. Is that the thing with the he, shirt? And he was. Oh yeah, yeah he's okay. had. He's finally overdosed. He's had too much Lacroix, <laughs> and he can't be here today. So I'm usually one of the coolest dudes in video games. All right. But I was giving them a window into who you are, Albert. One of the coolest. Because you at Xbox, I'm the least coolest dude. What? Xbox. If there was a ranking, I would be at the bottom. I believe me. Nate Ahern works there, so trust Nate me. Nate Ahern is a cool dude. No. Also a new dad, by the way. Yeah. Nate Ahern's also a new dad. Yeah, I know. I know. Where by the end of this show, I'm going to convert you. No, I'm in. I'm down to have kids. This is the whole thing. I met the love of my life. Jean-Pierre Saint-Ange-Miller, married her in May, six-month anniversary today. Oh, congratulations. And we're, no, she, she, as soon as she said she wanted kids, I'm like, yeah, whatever you want. She's like, I want half whatever your money. Whatever you like, want to do. Whatever just, you need. Let's just do it. Yeah. Albert. Yes. This is the Kind of Funny Games cast. This is a sweet gig, as I've mentioned. This is Thank a you. great setup you guys have. And you have quite a dedication to Sega Master System and yeah, we Ghostbusters. Do. We do. Yes, you've, you've nailed who I am. You know who I am. That's, that's what it's all about. That's what many of my college hours were spent playing Ghostbusters on the Genesis. A great unsung Thank Genesis you. game, by the way. Hold my hand. Thank you. This like is this? this is it. This you thought is you it. met the love of your life. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to something on kids. Not I'm going to be a close this. second. Oh wow, this is good. This is going well. Uh, every week on the Gamescast, we get together and talk about the things we love in video games. 
We have a lot of fun. We put it up early on patreon.com slash kind of funny game. So if you can support it over there, that'd be great. You'd get it early. You'd have a good time and you get a whole bunch of cool perks and goodies, including early access to party mode, which is a great let's play series. Uh, if you don't want to give us any money though, no big deal. You can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games, get it each and every Monday when we post it as one big video and then MP three. Now, Albert, yes. What is your job title at Xbox? Uh, well, officially, I have a big, long, boring Microsoft Lay it title. On I want to know, but it. I'm just going to say director of marketing is fine for Xbox. For Xbox, I'm in marketing, which I know is not the coolest. Again, not the coolest title to have the marketing title, but that's why not. Don't, don't let them get you. Uh, nobody likes that. marketing people, but that's because they don't know marketing people. That's you, right. You play games. I do. Not as much now as I used to. If you want to talk old school Genesis or Portland Retro Gaming, I'm in. <laughs> I was there. Modern stuff, I just have a stack this high of stuff I haven't gotten to. I'm always envious. I listen to you guys and how you talk about like the depth. And I'm going like I I like literally turned on Mario Odyssey and I just went, Oh my God, I'll never get to this again. No. Like and I know I just don't have time See, for See, now anything. you're unselling people on kids. I don't people who have children right now are putting them out on the curb. So so I was playing uh, Cuphead. My daughter will now say, Yeah, I want to play Cuphead. And Okay. And she watches it for two minutes and realizes it's scary. And she goes, I don't like Cuphead. Yeah. But then inevitably I turn it off and she goes, Dad, let's play Cuphead again. So we play Cuphead. Cuphead's a great game. Cuphead is a great game. Yeah. And it's on the Xbox. So I do play. I play played more than I do now. Sure. Because of time and work and job and yeah. life and things. But yeah, I'm want to go old school. I'm with you. Okay. We'll get there. I want to talk to, I want to talk about your career and how you become the head of marketing. And all Ooh, that jazz. Okay. But well, you're, you're making the the rounds right now on the video game industry. I am the part of my overexposure tour. <laughs> talking about the, don't, don't overexpose <laughs> yourself, please. Uh, talking about the Xbox one X. Yes. It's release date's right around the corner. Is it? Yeah. I think I'm not sure. Seventh, right? Yeah, what? Yeah, right yeah, that's what I've heard. I, I immediately erase the release dates. dates once I get it. I my have, Xbox one X is at home right now. I playing on it last night. It's there. I'm fine. Good. You yeah. got it. You got oh, it all yeah. set up. It went well for you. Yeah. I didn't have to beg and plead like Gary Witt over there. You know what I mean? Gary Witt. Just, just, he's just like on Twitter begging me for one. Oh, so, wait, can I get one please, Gavin? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's I gave in though and just gave him one. But yeah. I told him I'm going to swap him for Rogue One's gossip. So Ooh, he's going to have to he give does me some have of the good, good stories. Yeah, I want to get When this mic goes off, I just want to get him drunk and have those lips start flapping. <laughs> you don't need to get him drunk. He just, he's desperate to talk to anyone. So once he does that. Because <laughs> he's had kids. So yeah, so exactly. You know Xbox One X though. Yes. Here's what I want to know. Sure. You guys have been bold all over the place with this. And we'll talk about Xbox in general and everything you've done. But with this one, you're talking about the Xbox One X kind of being the end of console generations. Have we? Yeah, oh yeah. You're mm. talking about it all the time. That this is this is the future I, now. I think you're talking about it. Am I? Explain this to me because this no, is a I, message that I think is getting lost. Yeah, and, and I'll, so I have, this is like, a, of course, I like have to get into like, you know, like the mode, right? Which is, I, I don't, I don't think it's the end of console generations. And I don't think that's actually what we said. There's going to be like console generations is what makes this industry interesting. Like that is where you get all the excitement, right? Is like, yeah. when, in fact, as I talk about, like whenever a new console comes out, the only thing people can talk about is when's the next new console coming out. Of course. Um, and so what I think we're trying to do is introduce the idea that maybe console generations can work a little bit differently mm. um, because the game's business, you know, again, and we're looking like looking at your shelf, it's worked a certain way from, from the beginning, like from the, day that the well what do you want to call the first console can we agree is it an odyssey one what do you want to call the I'll first go odyssey one? sure oh, so go odyssey okay so yeah. the odyssey one came out in 72 right it's always sort of been the same kind of every seven years here's a new stops, box it looks you better. throw the old stuff away you go on to the new thing and one of the questions we asked ourselves was does it really have to work that way do do you have to throw all the old stuff away does it all have to be relegated to like a cool shelf that you like have to go find an old tv to actually i have the same shelf so no i know but i can i can't get stop out staring. your rf converters and that, put them into your oh, cable i mean board. i could tell oh, i could tell you so many stories about that but like you know trying to find an old tv to like 
set oh, up yeah. again. But I think with the idea is like, does it have to work that way? Can we get all of the excitement and energy of a console generation without the pain? It's painful. It's, as a business, it's painful. It's painful for developers. It's painful for customers. Um, but it's the thing that everybody gets excited about. So I don't think we said it's the end of console generations. I said, I think we think about it differently and we're trying to figure out how we can make it um, more continual with your software library because mm, I think mm. that's what people really care about is the games. Sure. And, you know, we go back and we're, I'm sure we'll talk about OG Xbox game compat that we did. Yeah. And we talk about, um, you know, having play anywhere. So stuff plays on the PC and all these things are little pieces of, uh, of a story that is, it's going to be more about your games than the specific device you're playing on in that day. And that's, I think a lot of the energy that we're putting into this is, is around game compatibility. Gotcha. What I like about everything you just mentioned is the fact that it touches on what I think is your strongest uh, step forward with Xbox, right? In, uh, from the launch of the Xbox One even to now where we are, is the fact that I've been saying on the shows for quite some time that quietly you guys have been making all the right decisions mm. and you've been building this foundation that I don't know when, but I feel like a domino is going to topple or something's going to happen, or maybe it's just PUBG's finally out and everybody's ready to go where it's going to be a no brainer. If you don't already have an Xbox one that you'd want to go get an Xbox one. Cause for me, backwards compatibility, such a big deal. Games pass, such a big deal. Yeah. The way that you are supporting these devices and talking about that. It'll play here. It'll play there. It'll do this. The play anywhere stuff. You're giving people a reason to not, play the games on your system necessarily, but exist in this ecosystem. And I think yeah. that's what it's all about, right? You talk, talk about today, um, Housemark putting out this statement, right, of how they're, they call it the death of the arcade game or whatever. And they're done making games like Outland and Resogun and all these little arcade things because they're seeing that the future is multiplayer and it is community. Community extends beyond, I'm in the Xbox family, the PlayStation family, the Nintendo family. It, it is now, I am an Overwatch player. I am a Dota player. Yeah. And so what you guys are quietly doing is giving everyone a reason when they finally look at it to be like, oh, I should play on Xbox more. Yeah, I think it's. I, I'm. I'm glad you picked up on that because there's. A, there's like a, a phrase, that that I. Some of us use internally, which is like, you know, your dollar goes farther with Xbox, mm -hmm. and it's not like a slogan or anything, but it's like when you spend money with us on something, the utility of what you get, the value goes farther. And I'll even like if you buy our controller, it also works on the PC, and then sure. so you can get into a topic about whether as a PC gamer you care. But I can say if you do. It works. You don't need another controller. If I buy a copy of Forza 7, I also get a PC version. Um, if I invested in the Xbox ecosystem, oh my gosh, you know, in years from now, is it going to still play? Maybe it'll play even better. Yeah. Um, and, and those are all things where it's like investing in the Xbox ecosystem is something that we want people to feel like they get a great value and that, that there's going to be a long-term curation and care of the your friends and your games and your investment with us. So I'm glad you're picking up on it. It's all the pieces are starting to come together. How long have you been on Xbox now? Uh, I started a year before we launched the first one. Oh, so wow. Okay. Seven, actually, 17 years this month. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, it's a Pyrrhic victory. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're old. Like, yeah, you're looking Congrats. at me. You're like, I remember when it didn't look like this. This is what it was. <laughs> I remember four by three in tubes. When you start right before the, X the original OG Xbox, are you expecting... Xbox to become this brand that is going to, is it going to be successful? Are you worried about your job in a year, two years after launch? 
Uh, well, for me, uh, you know, personally, I actually been in the games business for even longer than that because I was mm. at EA for six years before oh, wow. that. And I was at Sega many eons ago, even before that. Okay. So I've been, I think like every paycheck I've ever received as a could be working <laughs> person has been in the games business. Okay. In some form wow. or another. And so, uh, you know, because back in those days, it was just like, oh, are you local and you know how to play games and you can speak in complete sentences? You've got a job. Yeah. Come test games or answer telephones or something. So that's how I got started. Just, you know, started working my way up through the business. Well, did you go to college for? I did. Games? I was actually an art major. Okay. And then I got in a car accident and got a job answering phones at Sega one summer. That's a true story. That's Wait, a different story. Well, we're, we're, we're doing a podcast all about you and Xbox. So come on. Now we're into it. What, no, how that's that a true work? story. So, okay. So this is going to be highly embarrassing. So that's I was one of those. kind of funny. Don't worry. I was one of those kids that would call into the customer support lines and beat the games. I was that dude. I'm sorry. I was only child. Oh, you call right? and be like, I need the, help on this uh, boss. No, 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 no. I would call them and say, hey, I just beat this game and you guys don't know how to beat it yet. So I would actually beat the games before they would. And then they would write down how to do it. And then you gave away the content for free. I did back Terrible. then. But what, and, and it was also a toll call too. So that's how dedicated I was. It's like, I'll make a toll call as like, you know, as a teenager. And so this is going to sound silly. I was on a break from school. Um, my buddy and I were going to come up to the city because I'm from the Bay Area. So I oh, grew nice. up in San Jose. And I'm like, oh, let's go. Let's go to Sega. Like, that's a thing you could do. Sure. Like, we'll just go we'll to Sega. In. It's not a company or anything. We'll just walk in and take sure. a tour. There's got it. And, and so we walk, I walked in with my friend and we'll, and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Albert and I want to see Sega and they're like do you have a parent that works here or something why are you here I go no I just like Sega and then I said and I knew some people that I talked to on the phones and they're like dude get out of here and so uh, well that didn't work so we go out and as I'm backing out I uh I this guy hit me I hit him I hit him and totaled his car Jesus and Backing it turned, out, you I totally backed out. Well, he was speeding. Okay. And I was. So it's really his And fault. I was a terrible okay. driver. And no, so I'm like, I'm a teenage driver. I'm like all shaken up because I didn't get to go see Sega. And so I back out. I told this guy's car. He's on his way to his um, uh, brother's wedding. And his name was Greg Suarez. He's still in the business. Greg, if you're listening, hi, Greg. I owe you everything. Um, Greg went to the same college that I was going to. Uh -huh. He stayed in the same dorms that I was living in. And he asked, why are you here? Assuming I was the kid of someone. And I was like, I love Sega. And he's like, all right, well, just bring me money and we'll introduce you to some people. So he came up. I came up. I paid him off for the car. Um, I uh, It was a piece of junk. And, and I paid him off. And he took me on a tour. And two weeks later, I started answering phones. What so that's hell? how I got my start in the video game business. That's right. Wow. And it's been just a meteoric rise since then. <laughs> Over the many, many Over, decades. Over many, many decades. <laughs> the overnight More like a comet Albert. that orbits. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, I would say that. That went a really different direction because you were like, I was majoring in art and then I got in a car accident. I, I thought you like you were going to like break your wrists and you couldn't draw. So you're just like, I don't know how you play games in either. Broke but you my know legs. What I mean. Broke my legs. You broke your legs. Couldn't walk. Couldn't walk to class. That's okay. No, right. no. So that's how I got my start. And then, of course, the funny part is I'm reading the books and like a bunch of stuff in there with stuff I had written by calling in over the phone. So, so I'm like, like reading, reading my own Here's this. how you beat Ivan Drago in the Master System version of Rocky. I'm like, oh, I did that. Wow. That was me. So yeah, there you go. That's so my you, start. Okay. So you start at Sega answering phones. Yeah. Then what happens? Like uh, they, they notice that you're really good at games. Well, or? then I try. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I think what it is, is in those days of the games business, it's so much different. It was like so much a hobbyist. It was like people who, if you didn't work, like if you wanted to sell video games, you, if you wanted to sell, you want to be in toys. So it was like a lot of ex toy company people. I think Kalinsky was like ex Hasbro or Mattel. Okay. A lot of those guys were ex toy guys. And it was like, there was no video game industry. Like it was a toy thing that sure. toy people sold. Uh, and, um, everybody just did everything. So I was just like a kid who's like, I loved it. 
and anything that I could volunteer for, if there was an extracurricular activity, I was in. So I, I wrote articles, I did testing, I took screenshots, I'd go set up little events at local whatever schools sure. and do little events at Sega. And it, it what it really did is it gave me a good sense of what a career in the games industry could be like. Okay. And I'm not smart enough or creative enough to make games. Um, I don't believe that. No, trust me, I'm not. But <laughs> I'm good to talk. I like to talk to people. And so I realized there's this thing called marketing that you could go do. And um, actually, Greg, many years later, ended up going to EA and set me up with EA. So I started my marketing You totaled someone's EA. car there. And no, then, yeah, no, the same guy's car. <laughs> uh, and yes, yeah, so by the way, kids, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Please don't go totaling anybody's cars. It All these always... people are just parked outside EA waiting for people to come out of the parking lot <laughs> and then just ram There's Andrew Wilson, hit <laughs> the gas. <laughs> right. uh, and so it doesn't always work out that way, but uh, yeah, that's how I got my start. And then I, you just work, right? You just do whatever you can do and you learn. And you guys, you hustle. You just, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, we want to be in this business. I want to be part of it. Where, where can I add value? And there you go. Okay. So then EA to, to then EA and then EA to Microsoft. Yeah. Was it a hard sell to get you to go from EA, someone who's proven that is doing video games, is doing well, to then go to Microsoft? Hey, we're going to launch this weird console. It, it's funny because uh, at the time, that's the nice thing about being young and dumb is that you're just like, let's go do something. And I think that uh, at the time, wanting to be part of a console launch was something that you just couldn't do because Atari mm. wasn't really in the business. And Sega, Nintendo, and this was even before Sony, were all Japanese companies. And sure. a lot of those decisions get made in the headquarters of the company that they're made in. So the thing that really interested me was this idea that there was an American company that was trying to do a game console launch. And I thought, hey, I've launched a bunch of games. I did James Bond and Strike and Road Rash and all these games. Oh, like Road Games Rash. marketer. Yeah. So those oh are titles I worked on. And then I'm like, but, you know, I'm not going to get a lot of chances to work on a hardware yeah. um, in a company that I can actually have a, some say, a point of view and contribute. Someone will listen to and it might actually Yeah, it might actually be able to do course. something. And so I thought, you know, and I don't know, by the way, it's going from Electronic Arts to Microsoft doesn't look like the worst thing on a resume. So I didn't think there was a lot of downside to like packing up my then girlfriend and, you know, go see how this Xbox thing at Microsoft works out. Yeah. So that's me. Okay. So you go there and then like, are oh, you it was the best thing ever? Like, are you worried though at any point? No, after I saw the product, I remember my first day, the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to see the hardware and the controller because like, that's what you want to say. Like, I'm not, yeah. care. I don't know anything on Microsoft. I don't know anything about business or how they work, but I'm like, I want to see the product. So I remember seeing the controller. I remember seeing the console. I remember them telling me about the specs and seeing some demos. And I'm like, oh, this thing's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah. And oh, by the way, we got to fix this controller. That was like literally day one. I was like, yeah, this controller's going to take some work. We gotta, too we gotta, big. We got to yeah. fix this. Yeah. So that was actually my first planning project at Microsoft was the uh, the Japanese controller, which ended up being the the one that we yeah. switched a year later. Wow. Yeah. So there you, you go. You're a fascinating career. It has been, I, I, it's like Forrest Gump. Like I wasn't at the front of anything, but like a, somewhere behind the scenes, you're you always me waiting yeah. somewhere. So yeah, that's been, been a fly on the wall for a lot of Before stuff. we jump any further, did you go back to school for marketing or did you learn it all on the fly? I, I was, like I said, I studied art. I have a graphic communications and degree and the marketing thing was just like, wow, you all picked you it up on the side. up on it. Yeah. It's a little bit different now. Uh, way different now. I, yes, I would it. not be qualified for the job that I have. There's yeah. no way. Right? Like, there's way smarter people out there than me. <laughs> I like how you look off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm getting the look. Yeah, yeah. She's like, this guy just <laughs> kept failing upwards somehow. Got a car accident. No, there are super this. smart people in this business. It's great. I mean, and and like, I just how much knowledge people that enter this business have about how the industry works and stuff is is amazing because that kind of information was not available back when I was doing it in the early days. 
So what do you think now when you see and here, you know, basically the eve of the Xbox One X launching, what do you think about when you look at that box and compare it to the original Xbox? I think there's a lot of the spirit of the team is is in the Xbox One X. And we've made some subtle and not so subtle callbacks to the original Xbox, like the name and bringing backwards compatibility. And that was that's not unintentional, but there's there's just sort of that same feeling of doing something really interesting and different. Yeah. Um, and that this vibe in inside Xbox is really, really good. And it's very, it reminds me a lot of, of the original Xbox launch. Has that been palpable around the office? Cause I mean, again, this is always that thing from us being industry observers or pundits or whatever you want to call it. Right. There's been so much made of what the original Xbox announcement was, right? And then the slow change and then Phil coming in mm-hmm. and all that. Like, you guys have been on this upswing, but like I said, it's been this quiet upswing, right? I almost feel like you're doing it like, don't, don't, don't let them know what we're doing until it's happened, until we're ready to take over the world kind of thing. Is everyone there? You feel is when you talk about the spirit, that's where everybody's at? I, I think there's just a good spirit of trying to do the right thing for our fans. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. having Phil re- really center us back on the gamer and back on the fans um, gives you focus. It helps you make decisions. And instead of sort of talking about what we're going to do, let's just do things mm. and just trust that by doing good things for the fans, they're going to respond well. And so I, th- I think, you know, and I appreciate you saying that because I, I, that's how I feel. It's like, I think we're just trying to do good work and we're trying to do cool stuff. And the more good work and cool stuff we do, the better people are going to feel about the product. And Xbox One X is coming out at a great time where I think there's just a lot of great momentum and sure. we've got a lot of great features and a lot of great games. And now we have a really great piece of hardware. And so so I'm excited. I'm, no, I'm really excited. About I it. mean, it's you guys. I feel like I've said you're making the right decisions when they need to be. And I know that like in, when you guys uh, cancel a game or, you know, hey, Crackdown's getting pushed. It was that thing where the everyone's knee jerk reaction is like, oh, my God. They've and then you have that moment where it settles. And you're like, well, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to release a game and charge you $60 for something that's not great? And Or do you want them to say we're pushing it or we're not doing it or we're making this tough decision? And that is that, again, gamer's first attitude I think you guys have. Yeah, I, th- I think some people, you know, if Gary was here, he, you know, I think he would understand the games are a creative process. Yeah. Some people think of them as a technological product, but they're actually a creative product. And just like in a piece of creative, they, you know, they need to take time and you make changes and you want the best thing to come out. And the nice thing about the games is you just go well you know we're going to give it the time it needs to be the game it needs to be and it, that's like almost never a bad call from the inside what do you think is the biggest misconception or thing the general public and gamer like myself don't get you know you talked about that they are a creative industry and like right now there's so much hullabaloo whether it's games and services it's microtransactions it's uh the, the incremental console generations it, what what do you see somebody saying oh my god that's not how it really works on this side of the fence i think Wow, this is a really great. This is like a really great question. Now you. That's now, why now people we're come going to kind of funny. Now Subscribe. we're going deep. Now we're going. Now it should be called kind of deep because that was kind of a deep question. Uh, I think maybe this is just a general phenomenon that when a decision is made, forget us, anybody, when sure. any company makes a decision, there's always the guy that's just like, "Well, that was dumb, and it's so obvious that this other thing should have happened." And the answer. The the end, like like how did they just not realize that they should have just done this? Why did they put the button there? It should have been over there. And it turns out these decisions are extremely complicated, mm. and that there is a lot of factors at work beyond that people, unless you're in the industry, just don't understand. And so I I have learned myself. 
just as a consumer, that when I see something that seems obviously like a bad decision, my first gut reaction is, I wonder what really happened because sure. there's no way they didn't know. Right. Something else is going on. What's the something else as opposed to like, oh, that's dumb. They don't know what they're doing. So the biggest misconception I think about games is no different than anybody else, which is there's a lot of other factors at work. Mm. We talked about this with, you know, I'll give you a good example is the OG back and Pat and 360 back and Pat. And we just talked about this, that the, the, we thought the biggest challenge was going to be technological. Like, oh my God, we've got to get like these 15 year old games How do we running. Make these things How run? And then like, that was hard. But the reason that we don't have a, a huge amount of games is, is not a technology thing. It turns out it's a licensing thing. Sure. And sometimes it's not even our licensing thing. And sometimes those licenses don't even exist. Sometimes we don't even have the piece of paper that shows you the person is we even need to talk to because that was so long ago. So there ends up being all of these other factors that people just don't understand sometimes. On the licensing front, this is an interesting question I have for people on the inside. Are you seeing or hearing that contracts, deals, whatever you want to call, are getting future proof that way? Because it always is, you make a great point of like, oh man, they're re-releasing Crazy Taxi. And you start it up and it's not the offspring. And you're like, what the hell is this? Is like yeah. You've lost a bit of that magic. And it happens all the time where something gets re-released, but they take have to take out this or this track or this voice because the deal was, for I signed up for this game, time, for this yeah. thing, and it never talks about digital management rights or any of that stuff. I'm I'm the hardware guy. I'm not the right yeah, guy. And I ask. know, that's why I was but just I, I, Look, I think in general, the globalization and sort of understanding that there's going to be other things, other on other technologies that haven't been invented that this might apply to. I think the industry and people are getting smarter about that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, and it's definitely something the industry needs to think about as we think about compatibility into the future. Sure. Going on and on and on for Xbox one X. Yes. Was this an easy decision, a no brainer? Like what in internally what's happening when you guys like, we need to do something else and are we doing Xbox two or are we doing Xbox one X or, how does that come to be? Because it's the weird thing of like you and PlayStation kind of start coming together, or not coming together. You're very separate, the, the, but coming no, no, to the yeah. same conclusion at the same time. That was, you know, I always say that was the biggest surprise to me is yeah. because, you know, I'll be honest. I thought we like had this locked down. I thought we were the only ones doing this. <laughs> we got the tiger with the tail. I'm like, we, we're the only happening. ones. No one knows. We're going to surprise the world. And it's like, oh, they're doing it too. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, and then it's then it becomes interesting for me, different from other customers. It's like, oh, I, why did they make those choices? And we made other choices. Yeah. Um, has it been easy? No, because we're doing, I think we're doing something big and different. You know, in, I'm, I'm, in some ways I'm glad PS4 Pro came out and we're doing it now because it's an industry th initiative that everybody's looking sure. at. Um, and so I think that's good. Um, I do think it's a good thing for, for, for gamers. I do think it's a good thing for the business. And, but we had a long journey of dis a journey of discovery and discussing how this was all going to work. And I'm, I have to say, I'm, re I'm really proud of working on a team that's had kind of a pretty clear vision of what they wanted to do. And even though the details change over time, the, the core idea has remained really, really consistent from when we first started thinking about this. And what, do you, what is that idea? Uh, well, the core idea was, can we, can we change the nature of console generations? Can we make it easier? Can we get can you all kill the, them? Remember you, you said yeah, earlier on this show, is, that, am I gonna, is there going to be a quote? Yes. If there's a quote, then I'll be asking I'm if there's an sure extra Polygon's spot. I'm pretty sure already on, picking it up. An extra spot. <laughs> we just on the hired kind of, Gary Widow. We can't bring oh, you on man. to. Uh, <laughs> we got to feed the baby. The, uh, <laughs> you should have thought of that before he killed console generations. <laughs> no, but like, can we have all the fun of a console generation, all the excitement? I've said this without yeah. the pain. And that was the, that was a genesis compatibility. Like this thing wasn't going to go unless every game worked. 
And that was a that was a major technology hurdle. And and how can we actually develop a piece of silicon that is advanced enough to be different and 100% compatible is a m much more challenging thing than again, I think people on the outside would think. So there was a lot of technology hurdles and business hurdles and marketing hurdles. What do we name it? How do mm -hmm. we talk about this? It's kind of a new idea. What do we pull from things other customers are used to seeing like phones? Like is there ideas and concepts we can use that already exist? Um, and we had a lot of time to really think about those things. And I, I feel like one of the things I'm happy about is that that message has gotten out there and pretty clearly, and I feel like we've been pretty consistent and and pretty good about telling people what to expect and then and then meeting those expectations. Why? I mean, you talk about phones, which I think have changed obviously the way we all think of technology, right? As I wait for my iPhone yeah. X that I just pre-ordered, per right? Perfect time, yeah. Is that one of the motivators? Is it? trying to keep up with PC games as they escalate and some, especially with you guys doing play anywhere mm -hmm. and be able to play. Every, why the idea though of this, like we're going to make an Xbox one X rather than the Xbox two or rather than jump to this next. I mean, you talk about being good at the gamers and I know we're kind of there, I think, but I just yeah. want to, what, what you think about it. Well, there was a lot of observations that were made and that, that l led to this idea. And, and so I think, Part of it was, you know, seeing 4K TVs and talking mm. with TV manufacturers and understanding where that was going to go and believing in it. That this was is a, a real thing, right? This isn't like the fad of 3D where everybody's like, that was going to be the thing. We're like, no, it's not. Yeah. And we, you know, sometimes just as as people who like technology inside the company, we look at a lot of things and sometimes we go like, yeah, we dig this. We should get behind it. And, and 4K and HDR and wide color gamut. We saw some early Dolby demos on this stuff and we're like, man, this is awesome. And then you go and you say like, well, what are the analysts saying? Oh, it looks like 4k TV is going to take off. And then you start observing like, wow, the, the state of the art on PC is like really accelerating fast. And man, developers are already creating this content in 4k. They're already building the textures yeah. and the worlds and the geometry for 4k. And, um, and then you say, well, like what are customers going to think? And this is where I don't, I don't love to use the phone analogy, but I think it's applicable in that, who would have thought you'd be replacing your phone every year or two? Yeah. And, you know, people just got used to the, the idea that I want the latest and greatest tech. I don't want to wait. But as long as all my stuff comes with me. And so you, you kind of merge that genesis. How do we do it right for consoles? How do we make people have all that compatibility and feel confident that it's all going to work? And, oh, by the way, we can capture all this energy around 4K that's happening on PC and happening with TVs. And you sort of put those together and you're like, yeah, you know, and oh, by the way, we proved that we could do it technologically. Uh, and you're like, oh, man, we got to do this. Like, it's going to be great. So now that you have it, do you see it? Did it change internal timelines of how long you th thought or project the Xbox One is going to be the console generation? Like, because that's the thing of... Is this a step that extends it or is it just a halfway mark in there? Not that it's really the halfway mark, but you know no. what I mean? Is it just a tent pole on the way to the next thing? Uh, you know, at this point now, we got to launch and see what the customer says. Mm -hmm. it, you know, I think there's maybe a, an idea that we absolutely have a date and it's done and, and it never shall change. But, you know, 360 went on for a long time, yeah. but, it, and, but it went for a long time because the hardware was able to continually get pushed and the games continually got better. And, um, and that generation went on longer because customers were okay with that generation. Sure. And I also need to wait for tech to change enough sure. 
and prices to be in the right of place. Of course, so components a lot of, need to come down, right, to be able to get put into a box to make Xbox. There's a lot of factors, yeah. and so I think I, I don't I don't use this as any sort of marker for the generation, but I do I do want people like because it gets asked a lot is like the intention is not to make exclusive games and at some point the xbox one s goes away and xbox one becomes you know the only or xbox one x becomes the only thing like there's a reason they're both called xbox one and we're going to make games for both and that's how we built it and you know now we have to see how people respond and sure i think the the developer response has been great you know the amount of titles that we're going to that we have already announced and that we're going to have at launch that take advantage of a new console is crazy. I mean, typically when a console launches, you have 15 games, if you're 20 lucky, games, yeah, yeah. if you're lucky. We're gonna have 50 to 70 titles in the first couple of weeks yeah. that take advantage of the box. We've announced 160 games that are gonna that developers are committed to doing Xbox One X enhanced versions. That's a huge library taking advantage of a new yeah. hardware. That's one of I think one of the great benefits of this sort of shift that we're making. Yeah. It's like there are people now who own games that they bought last year that work on a new console that they don't even own yet. And I think that's a pretty like as a guy who's been in the industry a long time, it's a neat way of thinking about it. Well, it's a great way to inject life back into those games, right? Of like how many we all have the pile of shame. The game yeah. that's sitting there in the cellophane on your shelf that you never this got mine's to. Mine's about 17 years old. Exactly. But yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and so now a reason to go back and pop these things in and actually give them the shot. Yeah, totally. And what's fascinating, I really feel about what you guys are doing is the fact that as you and Sony, right, with these systems, is the fact that putting them out there on the market gets more people to go buy them. It gets the person who hasn't adopted yet to come back and get there and get, get it in. And if... The system continues to sell, like you're saying, the generation sticks around longer and you're actually getting, even if you never upgraded your X, you still have the original Xbox One X, you're still getting more out of that now because more people are buying it, which means more people are supporting it. Yeah, totally. Exactly. It's fascinating, but it's got to be so terrifying. I I can't imagine running a multi-billion dollar business like this and trying to, or even being a part of one division and trying to figure out where we all play and how it all goes. Uh, yeah, it, <laughs> I would like to say you're wrong, but it is, it's fun. And it, but again, you know, and it's sort of back to the OG. I just, I think there's a good vibe. I think, you know, we feel really good about what we're doing and we're really feeling great about the developer support and the enthusiasm and all the questions, like even tough questions or hard questions or questions that are misunderstood. I'd, if someone's asking the question, at least they're interested. Yeah. So, and just the level of interest in what we're doing makes me feel really good. And then, you know, I just go, and then someone will ultimately ask, well, which one do I buy? Well, it doesn't, it's okay. There, there's no bad call. What, what, what is, what's important to you? Yeah. Are you, you know, just turning 13 and you're going to get your first video game console or are you a PC gamer who finally wants something you Fun, know, wor- good. worthy enough to you know exist in your 4K screen downstairs. Um, well, you know you can you can figure that out. But you know here's what I can tell you: all your games are going to work, all your accessories are going to work, and oh by the way, you can play games from you know two console generations ago as well. Um, and oh, and if you like PC games, buy them because they also work on the PC. Seems like a like a pretty good uh, pretty good gig, pretty right? Good reason to get an Xbox. It's that gamer first stuff you're talking about. Yeah. And it's the fact that, like, I, you know, yes, I think you are showing everybody as you do this interview is the fact that this is also the 2017 publisher, developer, however you want to call it, interview that works so well. 
of like, yeah, ask me a tough question. And if I don't answer, I don't know. And I'll tell you that. Blah, blah, blah. But it's the fact of that it isn't a suit hiding behind a prepared statement trying to do this, right? You guys are out there talking to people the way you're supposed to. Be. Yeah, I don't have my piece of paper with my. Well, there's prepared. big cue cards over there. That's that right. Jeff Rubenside's one of them. Oh, Gary Witta finally this. came back, I'm too. This. Oh, it's Gary Witta. We've been taking some shots at you, but you weren't here. So then they kind of came off me. Oh, you heard him. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. Just making sure about that. So has it been difficult as the guy in charge of Xbox One X marketing? to market the Xbox One X. Is it hard to come out and say, hey, buy this box without saying because your old box isn't as good or the, you know, the, the box we're still selling isn't the same. Like, there's a, it's a tightrope, it seems like. It is. It's been a ton of fun. And, and, and like, again, you, you guys know this. It's like there's a, there's a production that goes on. And sometimes like the new tech, n- new ways that you can reach your customers, there's, there's other parts that make your job fun yeah. that aren't always like quite so visible and sexy. And so like as a marketer, this has been an unbelievably interesting uh, marketing experience because I think everything we've done and this launch has been sort of different. It's almost it's almost been a mantra for us that, you know, if we're going to introduce this new idea of this mid-generation console that's more powerful, maybe we should actually launch it differently than consoles typically launch. Yeah. And it started with announcing, you know, E3 2016 with the S and ending it with Project Scorpio. Yeah, a year People are like, you're out, insane. Not even, right? You know, like who launches, to, uh, who just says, here's a brand new console, go buy it now. And next year there's a better one coming out. But it started the conversation that we were doing something different. And right. so as a, as a marketer, it has been really, really fun. Um, and Internally, do people try to stop you from doing that? Trying C- to coming out a, a, a year... Uh, you, you basically gave like an RCP a year out of like, hey, we'll talk to you next E3 about Xbox. There's a really cool party Scorpio. coming out right now, and yeah, there's yeah. another party coming out next year. Nobody tried to stop it, but you have all the you have all the smart conversations. Sure, like um, exactly the same conversations you guys had after we did it. We just happened to have before we did it. Sure, it's like you know, is this the right thing to do? What's going to happen? Are are we going to stall sales? Are we going to confuse people? And when you ask yourself those questions, then you can take the time to try and answer them. And we were very thoughtful about what information we put out. And it allowed us to start having the conversation we needed to have right off the bat, which is, no, we did this because it's all going to work. And we want customers to know it's coming because we're doing something different here. And it's, you know, so if you ask me, is this just like another console? No, because if it was, I wouldn't have done this. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it this way. If it was just another console generation. I would have done it the way it's always been. The done. old way, yeah. I did it the old way, but yeah. we're doing it the new way. And so that's been fun. It's been a ton of fun. And it just means, as a guy who clearly loved talking about the business, it just makes a really fun lunch conversations. Like, what well, should we do this or this? Should we say it this way or this way? Nice. It's fun. Why should people buy the Xbox One X? Uh, well, I think if you want... No, here we go. As, get out of the prepared statement. Get my prepared statement. It has the most teraflops. Yes, I have all the terror. I don't know what it means, but we have six of them. Uh, I, look, I should hope you know. <laughs> I, well, you know, it's yes, I do know, but I probably couldn't explain it. The the There are people who want the best experience. Sure. And, I, I, and I think one of the things we want to deliver is... We wanted Xbox fans to be able to play the best versions of the games. If you want the best version of the games that are out, they're going to be on Xbox One X. Mm. And we could talk about 4K and we could talk about power, but really at the end of the day, you have many platforms to choose from and one of them will have the best version and, it, and I believe it's going to be on Xbox One X. Um, so, you know, simply put, that's why I, I would suggest people get it. Now, someone might say, I'm on a budget. I'm, my kid's too young. I'm not ready. I haven't sure. moved over. Great. Buy an Xbox One S 
And if you're ready, when you're ready later, all right. your stuff's going to work. Yeah. So there isn't a, there isn't really a bad, a bad choice. What's been the biggest hurdle to the Xbox one X for you? Um, the biggest hurdle has been explaining to people that it's that in 4k TV is not required. Mm. The, the, when you're, when you're on the forefront of 4k and you're talking about 4k Blu-ray and 4k. And in fact, uh, you know, I was just talking with about this with Mr. Witt earlier is like, um, then people want to just pattern match and say, well, I don't have a 4k TV. Therefore the Xbox one X is strike not for it me. Out. Yeah. And you go, well, that's actually not true. And now let me explain to you why all this stuff that we're doing is also going to apply, but slightly differently on a, on an, a 1080p TV as well. So that's probably been the the question that I get the most that I completely understand why people ask it. And then you have to get into a little more detail about why a 4K TV is not required to enjoy an Xbox One X. Sure. I feel like that for me, I mean, when this starts with the conversation with PlayStation 4 Pro, right, is the thing of like, well, I don't need that. Like, I don't have that. And I don't do it. It's, it for me, it strikes such a similar balance to when Xbox 360 launched. And I remember looking, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I don't have an HDTV mm-hmm. and I don't even, I don't, I didn't even have at my apartment at the time internet. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. like, this just isn't a console for me. And then to get it and like, you're getting the games out of it. You're understanding differently. Tell you what, trying to read the dead rising texts on my giant two that's TV. A con- wasn't there some the early butt. rare games that had like, I think one oh, of the, was, was it perfect dark that had the same thing? I think, I think yeah, too? yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The text problem. But it's just the fact that the innards in both of these machines, right. Are such a step up from where they were, let alone you guys with your flops and your bits and your bots, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like how it's getting in there and, and actually, becoming like all right if you have the console and you're fine with it great but if you've been hemming and hawing if it's not doing something correctly if you don't have it period this is the reason to go for that one yeah exactly so then xbox one x comes out Mm -hmm. pretty much by the time people see this what's the next step for you then as a marketing dude at xbox what happens for you well now now, you know now the day-to-day boring marketing work comes in but now you know after after we launch then it's going to be um you know a lot about uh the games that are coming out we've got a great lineup of titles this holiday we've got a bunch of games coming out in h2 uh PUBG is going to be you know that's a whole thing in and of itself like I was talking to Witta today. I was like, well, I'm, the Xbox One X will be at home so I can play it there. And then I'm going to bring the Xbox One S to work and put it on the desk. So I'm ready to play whenever it's ready. Whenever it's, yeah. yeah. One, as, as a guy, like every time I want to get ready to play that game, it's like there's like 50 million more people playing it than there was the week oh, before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I go, ah, I'll just wait for the, you know, like I'll just start with all the other noobs on the console. Yep. Yep, like yeah. I, I, I missed the, I missed the boat on PC. 100%. And so I'm going to just, I'll just wait for the level playing field where everybody's Well, I mean, that, like that was such an ingenious move by you guys getting them and locking them down for ex- just in the way that I played it on PC and I'm like, yeah, this game's great and I can totally see where if I'd play it for 20 minutes and kill it, but or just to call time, I'm not good at it. Yeah. Uh, but it's for me, PC games, just not my bag. You know what I mean? I like the controller and I like a TV and I like a console. And so I was like, I'm just going to wait for this and like to have it be suddenly my Xbox. I think will go right now. I have this like a, you know, I, it's been a weird year for me. I'll okay. lay it all on. Well, you got happy, married. You know I mean? So that's well, sure. That was weird too. She's taking half your stuff. Exactly. She's already drawn up papers. Uh, but it's the fact that, you know, for years and years and years, I've been saying I'm the single player guy. I don't play multiplayer games. And then this year has been a, like uh, Friday the 13th, Destiny 2, Marvel Heroes Omega, like all these things where I actually am getting on and playing with other people to have it be like 
now I'll jump in and I'll play Wolfenstein 2. I'll play Super Mario. But I then find myself going back to the comfort food, these these worlds I've invested in, these games I've been a part of, and I can clearly see that PUBG is going to be that same thing. So to be consistently now on Xbox, turning this on, wanting it at my desk here, that's a huge tur- it's, turn. It's, it's funny. I'm, I, it's, I, it's so funny because I'm kind of like being g- growing up in these single-player w- envi- world yeah. that I grew up in playing games. Multi- I've never been like a hard core multiplayer person myself. PUBG is probably the first game I've seen outside of like Halo land parties because that was still kind of single player yeah, just yeah, in yeah. your house. Um, but like PUBG where the pace of the game and like, it, you know, the achievement isn't necessarily being the last guy, but like just surviving. Doing a little the, bit better. You know, can I just do a little bit better, last a little bit longer? So the whole pace of that appeals to me. So it's probably, I can, like you, I can see myself um, getting into that. And I like what you said, by the way, because I think a lot of people miss this about PC and consoles, like there's some sort of conflict, but there are just people who like games who play on PC, but just prefer to kick it back. So when, you know, when people say, well, PUBG's already out on PC, but yeah, there's hundreds of millions of console gamers that don't have the rig yeah. or, you know, don't have the time and they're like, it's a new game for them. Oh yeah. And it's going to be a different experience on console than oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. as well. So I'm, I think it's going to be a huge game. I mean, I think it's got, enormous potential i don't even think i don't even think there's a you have to think about it like it's going to be then yeah. that was the thing today on kind of funny games daily uh, a guy wrote into me and mr witta saying the fact of yeah like you know do you think it's going to actually make a dent is it going to matter when it comes to xbox because fortnite's already out there and you can play that on the on xbox you can play yeah. somewhere else and so many people are pl- playing that and that it's on pc and it's, it's like it doesn't matter and I, as i've said before like I play Fortnite. I like Fortnite, but like Fortnite is admittedly from the developers Pepsi to Coke. Right. And people, even if you've just heard about Coke, when Coke lands and it's thirty dollars for early access, people are gonna be like, "Yeah, sure, here, let's try it. Let's get in there. Let's see what it's all about." It's hard to explain because, I mean, well, now it's not hard to explain because so many people are seeing it. There's just something about that game when you see it that like you're just immediately. It's a fun game to watch other people yeah. play. It's a fun game to talk to about people. It's got a lot of those great moments. And it's water cooler moments, right? Yeah, it's got a lot of great water cooler moments. I was moments. doing this, and I came over, and then the guy came over, and he jumped out of the car, and he shot me in the head. <laughs> but there's lots of games that have similar game styles that doesn't make them the same game, right? Exactly. And so I, you're, I totally agree. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating when that finally drops. And I think it's just such a great win for you guys to get. And I'm glad it's coming out this year. And, and you know, even though it's an early access, it's still like a really solid game. So I think I think in this in this case, the early access is more about content than sort of things like game balance. I mean, I think it is a game that you oh, can yeah. play and it's, you know, tried and true, tested. And then, you know, I think whatever they do for 1.0 will get more in sync with them um, over time. Sure. But I think it is going to be a, a, a good, solid game unto itself, even though it's under the early access banner. Yeah, but I feel like that's it's such an you and i are old guys it's such an antiquated way of thinking and this has been a conversation i've had with uh, kind of funny everybody on kind of funny games daily even when i was uh chilling out yesterday getting ready for the bomb cast of just like i feel like we and i point to myself if you're an audio listener f- people who came from an ign background and video game reviews and it was like the sanctity and scooter knows what i'm talking about like action game of the year shooter of the year here's our rigid policy and games aren't that anymore yeah. and so like you're paying money to play PUBG. I don't care what it says. If it says early access or beta, like his Minecraft is in beta forever. Like yeah. that's in the running for game of the year in the same way. I think honestly, when you get to 2018, if you're still playing Fortnite or Dota or what, like that can still be your game of the year. Cause that's how games exist now. Yeah, that's right. They evolve over time. And that's, what's 
been awesome and weird and we're at such a cool place in video games that's terrifying because it's brand new and cutting edge but it's like games are changing to be ever evolving and be this thing and now consoles are literally doing the same thing too it is this is like the this last couple of years I, I agree it's like one of the most exciting times as the as sort of you're right every how games come game styles the technology is coming faster than it ever has before right. um the power of software and like being able to go do things in software and fix things in software and bring games back through software sure. that you couldn't do in the old days it's like i mean it's it's an amazing it's amazing time yeah man back when i was a boy oh yeah now does everyone embrace that or is there one guy terrified at his desk right now because like i can't again a billion dollar corporation we're trying to chart the future literally every day something changes drastically oh man but that's like what makes us the most exciting business like on the planet yeah if, if it was the same thing we'd still be on the atari 2600 or the odyssey one yeah depending but like so yeah it's got to change and, and yeah it's like that's what's fun to talk about. And that's why you go to lunch. And like, if you're, if you work in this business and you're not like talking about this all the time with Pete, with other people or your coworkers, like I, I can't, I, I talk about games now more than I play them. Cause I don't have time, but yeah. you're always like, what's changing. What are people saying? What do people like? Um, and, and even with Xbox one X, we had years to like ask ourselves these questions and debate with ourselves what, how we were going to go about doing it. And you know, that's, it's why I love this business more than anything. Do you feel like, you know, we talk about it here, like how cool it is. And I think maybe you mentioned this. Sorry, I've done like 15 shows. Today. Sorry, but it's the idea that, you know, people play NES stuff. They play old school games and they come up and they make games that are here now. And then you were talking about the fact that, you know, when you look at the original consoles, they were made by toy makers. Right. And they're just they're they're That's what they think of. It's an evolution of action figures. Whereas I think so many of us now see it as the evolution of storytelling. It is an art to itself. Do you see, and it can just be for within Microsoft, are, have we bred out or have we almost bred out all the suits who don't get it that are here and they are just business minded and it is just a spreadsheet and it is, this is what's happening because back and forth with everything that's happened in the recent weeks with EA and Visceral, right? It's yeah. been this thing of like, how do you balance business but also make it art and how do you find that sweet spot where your creators are happy, your customers are happy, your shareholders are happy? Like you're talking about having these great conversations and I totally believe that's happening. Yeah. Is there one guy who's still like, you know, uh, American psycho hair slick back business card being like, let me tell you though about my, my shareholders. No, I, I can tell you at Microsoft, those, though, even the most business minded people that are not like that. Like everybody, one of the things I think is really interesting about working on the Xbox is everybody love game loves games yeah. and they love this business they might not all be gamers so you're definitely i think there might be a mistake that like i you can like the thing you're doing and not be an expert at it 100%. you guys are way better gamers like and we're not good. now than i am and <laughs> it, you know it's as cuphead reminds me oh, yeah. every 5 minutes uh but um, that doesn't mean you can't love the business and so i think what's exciting is we get to work with a bunch of people but you you want you want the dinosaurs who think the old way and you want the people who are like way off the reservation. Mm. Those are without a doubt. That's where magic happens. I mean, I was, I was just saying, I was just at the Portland retro gaming expo cause I'm a retro gamer and I could, I will tell for me, I know this is only my own point of view. I like to think about how things used to work and figure out if there's a way that it can be applied today. And then also go hear about things like game pass and hear about all these new types of business models and free to play. And sure. then there's gotta be a place where these things come together. And when you can do it right, you know, uh, then you're really doing something amazing. And I, 
I want to hear from the guy who's like, we always did it this way. It's never done any other way. You can't change it all. And then I want to hear from the greasy guy that's like, let me tell you <laughs> about the land I'm going to sell you. And then ultimately you go, hey, somewhere in the middle here is a great idea. Yeah. And those kind of conversations are the most fun conversations. So we talked about your, in a, your car accident that led to your yeah. amazing job. Nowadays, you know, something I see all the time and that I think is so great is so many people that listen to our shows or watch our shows want to break into the industry. And I, and I often get the, I want to do something in the industry, but I'm not a developer. I'm not a writer. I'm not the creative type. I am marketing. I am something of that branch. What do they need to be doing? What do you look for in someone who wants to come work at Xbox? Uh, it's way harder than now than it is. Sure. But there's also a lot more opportunity in the old days. If you didn't live in the Bay area, then there, you could have pretty much forgot it. You know, it's kind of like breaking into Hollywood and not yeah. living in LA. All the game companies were in the Bay area and I was ha fortunate enough to be in the Bay area. And frankly, just liking games and wanting to work there was enough in those days. Today, the industry's bigger. It's there's, it's all over the world. It's all over the country. Um, but I think people have so much more of an opportunity to create like there was no outlet to show that you were passionate about gaming and I, it's not just about being a great gamer but having interesting insights my favorite thing now is to go on online and and look at the comments and and try and pick out people who are coming up with interesting points of view on things yeah and and those outlets didn't exist so my my advice to anyone that wants to break into the video game industry is be part of the industry and try and create mm. something, try and do, try and do what you guys are doing. Um, you know, get out there, be involved, uh, play, participate, communicate, create something. And I, I see a lot more people breaking into the business that way because man, this guy, this guy's just hustling. He's working hard. Passion recognizes passion. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what it is. And so there's different ways to express your passion now that didn't exist in the early days. Interesting. And that's not just about being great at games. It's like a passion for everything that people are doing. Sure. Yeah. Like, even though it's harder, right? I mean, people who see somebody who's going to get out there and bust their ass, they're going to come looking for them for those kind of jobs. Oh, totally. So back to Xbox One X, back to Xbox. Right. Bring it back. What's 2018 look like for you guys? Uh, it's looking like it's about a month and a half away. <laughs> uh, it's looking like it's coming soon. Real quick on you. Yeah. Uh, well, I think next year is going to be interesting uh, because next year it's going to, we're not launching a new piece of hardware. It's going to be all about the games and yeah. it's going to be, I'm really excited to see what people do with the Xbox one X enhanced games. I think, uh, one thing that gets lost on people is we only had the developer kits out right around E3. No so all of the, when we talk about having, you know, a bunch of games in the first week and 160 titles, that's just six months of work. So the, the stuff that's going to happen next year when people have had time. So I, I think there is a lot of headroom for how much more amazing, uh, the games on Xbox one X can look, uh, that, that they're just, like on the tip of the iceberg right now. Yeah. And then of course, you know, E3 will be fun and all the new games announcements. And we've got, you know, a bunch of stuff like, uh, coming in, in the first half of the calendar year. I got to get out of my fiscal year. Yeah. Thinking that like, that's coming. State of Decay 2 is coming. And don't tease uh, me. See a Don't tease me about so State of Decay 2. There's a lot of good content coming in, in, in the first part. And so it, you know, it's going to be a bigger focus on the games, you know, next year. Oh, well, that's what you got to do, right? Yeah, totally. That, that's, that's what it's all what about. It's all that's about. why we do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
Any final words here? Anything else you want to this say? This has been a lot of fun. No, this has been great. I, I really agree. appreciate it. You're a great guest. I don't know if you well, know that. No. I when agree. inevitably you leave those schmucks behind, which might Xbox. be shortly after exactly. this. Exactly. <laughs> you can come down here and you can host the show with Gary Witta. Come I on. would love to. Gary, you got questions? You want anything in here? You want to shout anything in? Kind of funny games deal here. Well, they can't hear you. He says, "Oh, look! Oh, by the way, so this guy, right, Gary Whitted? I yeah. mean, he's the dream, right? I mean, oh, yeah. it's what we all wanted to grow up to be. Gary, like one of our own, broke out. So <laughs> one of our own, so one like, of the video game industry's own. No, got but out like and went to Hollywood. There are a bunch of people. <laughs> That's right. He got out, man. He made it. So proud of him. It's like the Shawshank. I was gonna say he sent him <laughs> he postcards back to us, like a Shawshank. But no, I mean, Gary, the funny thing is, is Gary and I sort of orbited, uh, you know, no pun intended, each other because he was on the PC gamer side back yeah. in the day when I was in EA, but I was on." of console games a lot of people he worked with like chris charla and blake fisher and a lot of those guys now i work with and i, I we were just reminiscing that he didn't remember that I actually as a young young marketing lad working on jane's flight simulators actually pitched him some stuff back in the pc gamer days but i've always known of gary and so like i remember like when blake was like oh man we got to go see book of eli because gary wrote that we're like Oh, what he wrote a movie that's the greatest thing ever so we all like you know everybody back at home like blake and Ch charlo were always like oh gary he made it he got out and then i sucked him right back into kind of funny games yeah. daily he couldn't get too far right back here come on back thank you for coming you got to come back at some point too anytime all right cool also hey make the controllers rechargeable they are rechargeable you buy i know uh, i gotta buy the pack just do it you, you do it right away it's a suggestion for 2018 okay fine that's okay i'll, get, that's I'll get right on it all right that's right it'll be the shipping next week thank you Whatever you want. Thank, thank, oh, wow. All right, great. I also want a State of Decay 2 Xbox One X okay. like bundle. Like mm -hmm. I can design it for you. Yeah. Big State of Decay fan. Okay. I don't know if you know. Jeff, did you tell him? I did. Just letting you know. You big State of Decay fan. Right? I brought through that out right How's for you. How's the game coming? Is it looking good? You, uh, I haven't I'm seen it since E3. I'm a hardware guy. I don't see anything. You see games. The, the hardware's got to play something. It can't be fours all the time. Yeah, yeah, it can. Damn, it's all right. Fine. All fours all the time. Albert, thank you for coming by. Awesome. It's been awesome. Xbox really awesome. One X pretty much out now. 11.7. Yeah. Come get it. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast. Each and every week on a variety of platforms, we talk to you about the video games we love. If you want to watch it early, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you could watch it live like so many people are right here. Just like I assume Patreon producer Tom Bach is doing. Thank you, Tom Bach, for your support. If you don't want to give us any money and get it early, whether it be live or on Friday when we put it up as one big audio and video, you don't have to worry. We put it up for free on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames. So subscribe, like, and share, and podcast services around the globe. So rate them there and do all that stuff. There's like a lot of homework for this show I give you of like rating it and like show it to your friends. Your mom cares about Xbox. Go tell her about it. That'd be helpful. Tweet at Ryan McCaffrey that he should watch this and break out news stories. Actually, I guess that's Goldfarb's job. Maybe even Dornbush. I don't know how IGN does it anymore. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.